Good morning, Anchor. This is Kaylee Chella checking in. Here's what you need to know for the day. A Thai governor says the operation to bring out 12 schoolboys and their soccer coach from deep inside a cave where they've been trapped for two weeks has begun. The acting Chiang Rai governor has told reporters, quote, Today is D-Day, with 13 foreigner and 5 Thai divers taking part in the rescue. He says the divers went in at 10 a.m. and the boys will gradually come out accompanied by two divers each. He says the earliest they will come out is 9 p.m. on Sunday. The only way to bring them out is by navigating dark and tight passageways filled with muddy water and strong currents, as well as oxygen-depleted air. Experienced cave rescue experts consider an underwater escape a last resort, especially with people untrained in diving, as the boys are. The path out is considered especially complicated because of twists and turns in narrow, flooded passages. But the governor supervising the mission said earlier that mild weather and falling water levels over the last few days had created optimal conditions for an underwater evacuation that won't last if it rains again. Thousands of anti-violence protesters marched along a Chicago interstate on Saturday, shutting down traffic to draw attention to the gun violence that's claimed hundreds of lives in some of the city's poorest neighborhoods and pressure public officials to do more to stop it. Marchers chanted, stop the killing, and carried signs reading, we need jobs, and other messages. Some stopped to scrawl on the road with chalk, enough is enough, and peace. Toward the front of the march, the Reverend Michael Flager, a Roman Catholic priest on the city's south side who organized the protest, Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson, and the Reverend Jesse Jackson linked arms. After completing the roughly 1.5-mile route, Flager said, quote, The people won today because the people showed up. They saw this many people out here, black and white and brown and young and old, and saying, We're tired of the damn violence in Chicago. We want the governor, the mayor, the elected officials in the community all to come together and say, we want peace now. The march took place along the northbound lanes of Interstate 94, known as the Dan Ryan Expressway, after a roughly hour-long standoff between police and the protesters. The expressway was fully reopened less than 90 minutes later, after the protest ended. High-level talks between the United States and North Korea appeared to hit a snag on Saturday, as Pyongyang said a visit by U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had been quote-unquote regrettable and accused Washington of making quote gangster-like demands to pressure the country into abandoning its nuclear weapons. The statement from the North came just hours after Pompeo wrapped up two days of talks with senior North Korea officials without meeting North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, but with commitments for new discussions on denuclearization and the repatriation of the remains of American soldiers killed during the Korean War. While Pompeo offered a relatively positive assessment of his meetings, North Korea's foreign ministry said in a statement that the U.S. betrayed the spirit of last month's summit between President Trump and Kim by making, quote, unilateral and gangster-like demands on CVID, or the complete, verifiable, and irreversible denuclearization of North Korea. It said the outcome of the follow-up talks was very concerning because it has led to a, quote, dangerous place that might rattle our willingness for denuclearization that had been firm. There's been growing skepticism in the U.S. over how serious Kim is about giving up his nuclear arsenal, and both sides have said they need clarity on the parameters of an agreement to denuclearize the Korean Peninsula that Trump and Kim reached in Singapore. The statement, released by an unnamed spokesman and carried by the North's official Korean Central News Agency, said, quote, We had expected that the U.S. side would offer constructive measures that would help build trust based on the spirit of the leader's summit. We were also thinking about providing reciprocal measures. 
However, the attitude and stance the United States showed in the first high-level meeting between the countries was no doubt regrettable. Our expectations and hopes were so naive, it could be called foolish. According to the spokesman, the North raised the issue of a possible declaration to formally end the 1950-1953 Korean War, which concluded with an armistice and not a peace treaty, but the United States came up with a variety of conditions and excuses to delay a declaration. The spokesman also downplayed the significance of the United States suspending its military exercises with South Korea, saying the North made a larger concession by blowing up the tunnels at its nuclear test site. In criticizing the talks with Pompeo, however, the North carefully avoided attacking Trump, saying, quote, We wholly maintain our trust toward President Trump, but also that Washington must not allow headwinds against the, quote, wills of the leaders. North Korea said it offered to discuss the closure of a missile engine test site, which would, quote-unquote, physically affirm a move to halt the production of intercontinental-range ballistic missiles and setting up working-level discussions for the return of U.S. war remains. In the days following his historic June 12th summit with Kim Jong-un in Singapore, Trump had announced that the return of the remains and the destruction of the missile facility had been completed or were in progress. Pompeo, however, said more talks were needed on both. This has been a report by Kaylee Chella for Anchor. To stay up to date, follow us on Twitter at Anchor, or you can follow me at Kaylee Chella. That's at C-A-I-L-L-E-Y Chella. Chella out.